All right, you guys, let's get this started then, right? Because really, what could go wrong once you press record? Right? Exactly, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's all going to be very perfect. All right, welcome once again to another episode of the Crazy People Podcast. Sitting over there in, in hot seat number one, there's Maurice Hoffman, the inimitable talent. And over here on this side, I'm Russ Brummel, the eye candy or something. I don't know. <laughs> the comic <laughs> relief. Uh, I don't know what it is. How are you doing? We had, doing well. How are you doing, brother? Good, good. It's, uh, it's a nice evening here in Cologne, Germany. And it is uh, rainy, a bit stormy. cold afternoon, so. Oh, you you have storm. It's rainy here too. Same weather. There we go. Oh, nice. Oh, See? Only seven thousand miles apart. Cheers. Yeah, didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have decided to do uh, do every fifth show where where we just sort of hang out without a guest. So there's no there's no magical square between us today in our, in our podcast. No magical square. It's just the two of us, right? Okay. It's, uh, us talking. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> so let's let's chat about we're producing a podcast we're working on on jobs we're working for clients we're doing all kind of stuff and we sometimes lose focus um i do look what's i don't what oh what are we talking about um oh, sorry I keep watching. yeah oh that's hey, terrible hey there, there you are, are. <laughs> hey welcome back um but what do you do like when you you're working on something you just lose focus can't can't get locked in. What do you do? Tips, well, tricks. Come on, brother. What do you got? That that is a that is a good question, actually. Um, because you know, in in daily business, there's people chatting at you, people calling you, emails coming in, and whatever. But if I have a dog that does whatever he wants to do, <laughs> um, but if I really have to focus in, I try to create an environment that is as noise-free as possible. And noise is not just sound. It's also, um, I clean up my desk, right? I do whatever. I find the right music. I put in noise production. It can, there can be nobody near, not a sound, not a peep, <laughs> nothing. I still need my noise production headphones and my music on there and then it's but then it happens within seconds right that i can zoom in but it's tough it doesn't always work i need nice. to and i haven't done it in quite a while to be honest when i was writing the book that was or did my studies i was able to flick that in and zoom in and be gone within a minute right now these days it's a bit harder home office doesn't help <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah but I, I like the idea, though, of, of you, you take a half a step back and you say, let me clean up over here and let me get some stuff out of here. Let me close the door. Let me change the music. Let me do something. That's when when I get lost and 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 misfocus it, that sometimes works. Yeah. But if I find my mind wandering and I keep going, I've, I've gotten in the habit recently of of just getting up and going walking. Uh, so I had to throw something at my dog. I'm sorry. See, see how the focus thing works. Yeah, see? I got it. <laughs> totally, hundred yeah. uh, percent. Now I have here in, in my office. I actually have a whole bunch of plants 
Um, and so on days like today, when it's rainy and cold and nasty outside, I'll actually just go and get some water and I'll water the plants and I'll that'll, that'll pretend like I actually went outside and walked around. <laughs> so, you know, just sort of fake it. Uh, but after I do something that's like vastly different from whatever I was trying to work on, you know, I'm trying to work on some proposal for a big customer and it's just my, my head's just, I want to go surf the web and look at Twitter and scroll through LinkedIn till I fall asleep or something, but no, I have to get to work on this thing. So getting up and taking a break, then I, you know, that's for me, that's the, that's the key, especially if it's like a nature break. I find that works better for me. Okay. I'm, I'm not that nature person, (laughs) (laughs) but I, what I tend to do is I start cleaning up, clearing out and try to get order. Right. Mm-hmm. That might be the most German thing I ever said. <laughs> <laughs> a German being orderly? What? So surprising. Yeah, no, crazy. <laughs> you know what? When I was still living in New York, that kind of work I was always doing in the library uh, over at Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. Because there it had just the the aura and the spirit of everybody sitting there and doing work, right? Yeah, New York Public Library, right? The big one. Yeah, sitting there with 50, 60, hundreds of other people, right? In this enormous room and everybody's working more or less busy, right? Um, That always helped. That in combination with music, always the same kind of music and just switching everything else off, going offline with the computer unless I had to do research. That was fantastic, right? And it's, I think it's about creating habits and training the focus. Um, and that's where I'm still lost here after we moved. And it's been two years by now where I haven't created this environment yet that I can step into, do whatever I have to do and flip the switch. Um, yeah, and and that's what it is, right? I think in in business in general, or if you have to do creative work or study or whatever it is, right? If you need to be able to focus, a lot of it is you have to train that, right? As yeah, just like in my mind, all the school and university that you do is just learning to learn. Right, learning to educate yourself and learning to focus. And as mm-hmm. soon as you kind of fall out of that, it's it's harder and harder to get back into it, I think. Right. I like that. And I, and that's probably why sitting in the, the library or here we have co-working spaces where you can go and there's so 25 other people with their heads down working on stuff, and you can grab a little desk in there, a little table, whatever, and just everybody else is working it's the thing you know think back to school days <laughs> oh everybody yeah. else is writing a paper i better be writing a paper off we go let's do it yeah, yeah your brain does get trained over time and you can kind of click back in i hadn't thought of that that mode but yeah that does actually work when i go down down into the city and hang out at one of those co-working places for the afternoon everybody else is creating something writing something doing something I'm off i go right so yeah yeah i just cannot I'm I'm not allowed to know anybody there. If I know anybody there, it's <laughs> the write-off. <laughs> it's not working. But 
I think that's one of the things that changed writing COVID is, is people who worked in an office and you knew everybody, then somebody sticks their head over and says, Hey, can you help me with, or has a question or you go to get a drink and there's somebody else getting a drink and you just end up. Yeah. That, but, but when you're in your home office, you're just, you're your own worst enemy. Cause if everybody in the office is working and you're working, then it's okay. If everybody in the office is like doodling or whatever, you know, you might get distracted, but when you're in your home, it's just you. So yeah, but still, you're either great or bad. Yeah. I, with the team that I have now, right. And um, I could try to, and this is almost like a new work kind of sliding into the new work kind of topic, right. With the team that I have now, I call him into my home actually once a week, right? And we we meet here. And other than that, they can do whatever they want to do. But that one day in the week, we come together and we brainstorm and we are creative. And it's it's four hours of just us being a team and working together, but mm -hmm. not working together like everybody's looking at the PC. It's talking, it's communicating, it's exchanging ideas and doing all that stuff. And then I told them, I don't want to see you see you in the office being on the computer all day. You could have stayed at home. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> I might thinking of what, what we are talking about, I might be hurting them, their productivity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've given them a, an extra hour of not getting things done, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, and then surprise, I'm a night person, so I can't concepts and whatever. I don't even try to do them before nine p.m. Right? Yeah, I mean, looking out the window over your shoulder there, I couldn't tell you're a night person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's ten seventeen p.m. local, and um, that's where. Uh, as we talk before we start recording, right? That's where I start waking up. Like in an hour or two, I'm ready to go to, to the gym <laughs> <laughs> and doing that kind of stuff. But it's, um, I think in a, to, to put a bow on it, I think um, in, in, in general, what, what one has to do is try to find a scenario, a habit, mm -hmm and situation that you can you know if if they if you have a buck in software right the guys always try to recreate that situation where the bug yeah. happened yeah. right and it's it's almost kind of like i try to create an environment for me to be creative that i can recreate and do that quickly because the quicker i can get myself into that mode of okay i have to get things done mm -hmm. Um, the better it is, right? And and music helps, for example. I'm a music buff anyways, and uh, that helps, right? So, yeah. Yeah, back under this desk, behind my desk, um, I have a, a pair of speakers and I'm, I've become like a lo-fi beats person. I can't play music with words because I want to sing along to it. And that breaks my focus. <laughs> but some some good instrumental, some beats, some something, yeah um, i can let that roll and that's my brain just goes like oh okay that's a that's one of the elements of like i'm getting into i'm going to go write this big proposal i'm going to go create some content i'm going to go yeah 
yeah. do this uh, slide deck for uh, for a customer or whatever it might be. So. Yeah, if you were a late night show, and hey, my time zone probably makes it a late night show. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you would have a top three, top three or top five um, <laughs> list of music to work with. <laughs> yeah, number five we have. Yeah, yep. number five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the 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 craziest ideas happen that way, right? Um, yeah. When I and that maybe brings us fluently, and that bridge is fantastic that I'm building here. <laughs> um the the crazy thing i think i have done ahead of time is that um after years and years of having done the tv show that we mm -hmm. talked about yeah with ras which is a show that hasn't happened yet so that's nothing to look forward to body of mine um is um that tv show eventually what was cancelled um then we did it in the radio and that stopped eventually and then we didn't do any of it for two or three years and then this little thing named the internet came up it's a fad won't catch on yeah and then i thought like looking at um the amounts of tapes that i had and that's how long ago it is the amounts of tape i just happened to run by them and it took me a week and then eventually some night, 2 a.m., I woke up and I was like, oh, we got to put all of this on the internet. I got up and wrote the concept and I was done at 7 a.m., just in time to get tired. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that was, and I brought it to a friends of mine, a couple of nerds in terms of video, video production mm -hmm. and so on. So it's Richard, um, Shout out to you and Abe. And they found out that just days before Flash brought out a new SVF and whatever format, mm -hmm. like literally 10 days prior, so that we could put up a video without people being able to download it, right? Yeah. Uh, at that time, that was still a thing that you could not download it. Nowadays, we all know better, right? If, you, if there's a video, <laughs> you get it, right? But back then, it was a bit more complicated. And um, so, yeah, it took us four and a half weeks after that night. And not only did we bring some of the old content back online, mm -hmm. you also created an entirely new show and had the first interview with a guest. So nice. that was fun. That was fun. Slightly ahead of times because people back then told us that nobody would ever watch um that kind of content on the internet right especially not at the lengths that we would do it because uh, the we had uh, a show split up in four blocks because we came from the tv business so we did still the show formats we did four <laughs> blocks in there and um, we had a little player that was a frame on and you could click chapter one two three or four and we started off with the entire show being 45 minutes mm -hmm. and we ended up at the at the very end um we ended up when i decided to become a grown-up i think that shows were like two and a half three hours by then nice because we totally threw out whatever length restrictions or whatever people were assuming what would work and wouldn't work on the internet yeah 
because by then we learned that we had more unique and unique audience, unique visitors uh, or viewers uh, than the the show on TV that would that had replaced us, which created <laughs> funny funny situations where we interviewed, for example, Ale Kujay. That people I think know. And there was like a prime show that big TV station that brought him over, right? He's, they sponsored his tour. They had unlimited time. Then our neat little internet show had an un, uh, unlimited time. And all the music television shows from the big sh stations, Viva TV it's, has since died, uh, MTV. Uh, and so on. They all had to limited amount of times, and then needed to to wait for us to be done, <laughs> right? So that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, speaking of, of being ahead of time, because we had no idea how to market that. We were we had about a per show, I think a hundred thousand or so unique visitors, which doesn't sound like much. But our corresponding show barely made it into five digits of of viewers per per no as a whole per episode, and they're they at that show like four times a, a week, right? And they nice. combined barely got to twenty thousand or something. So, but during those days, it was it there wasn't Facebook, or maybe it was just still in a college somewhere, yet, no. right? So there was you know there wasn't. There wasn't YouTube that was having everybody had 15 million views and Mr. Beast has 90 trillion views or whatever, you know. Right? No, we so, looked actually, actually we looked into yeah. YouTube, but at that time they wouldn't do videos longer than, I think it was 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> and we know that that wouldn't work, right? Yeah. That was not long enough. That was in 2004. Nice. So in terms of doing internet shows and do whatever. So I was ahead of the, we were ahead of time twice. For one, doing it in the internet. And secondly, doing own content, music content on the internet as well. Yeah. And we barely secured enough funding, which also was, it was good that I did my MBA afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Um because we couldn't secure enough funding, barely enough to pay for the production costs, which were basically nothing, right? To yeah. buy tapes and gas money to go to concerts every week. Yes, two thousand four was uh, was the year uh, that I decided to stop being in my own business. Because in in really? nineteen ninety nine, back in the last century. Uh, I had started a company because I lived in New York. I lived out on Long Island. Um, I, ha I had met a bunch of folks who were in the dot-com space and everybody was throwing money at dot-com ideas in New York. Like you could just, you could fart on the internet and they would be give you a million dollars. They didn't care. Um, if you could figure out some way to get people to pay attention to whatever you were doing. And so people had crazy ideas and, and, my business that I that I sort of built up um, was was really I was the technical liaison. So you had a bunch of creative people, a bunch of business people, but they had no idea how to get things on the internet in 1999. 
And that was like the year pets.com spent like, I don't know, $5 million or $10 million, something on a Super Bowl ad. Right. And it was like .com was super cool. And I said, I can help these people. Cause I had helped, I had helped one while I was still working full-time in corporate America. And, and I was like, I can, I can do this. And so summer of 99, I had it out on my own and started working with people and got in meetings with venture capitalists and all kinds of stuff. It, nobody knew how to do this yet. We were all figuring it out as we go. And the tech, your, your story about flash and stuff for Adobe is yeah. Every, every technology was like that, right? How do you render a web page? Can you, oh, you can update it without them clicking a button to get some new information. Wow. That's, oh, amazing. Right. No mobile phones, no smartphones, no nothing. It was all laptops. Um, and it was, it was, it tended to be, uh, either very cool people or people who had a lot of money or people who had a job that required them to work on a computer that had internet access. And they were then doing whatever the other thing was, <laughs> the dot-com that we were trying to build or whatever. Um, but in 2000, the, the dot-com romance sort of started to end and the market died, um, for it. And it was because really people figured out that the whole thing was ahead of its time. There just wasn't, there weren't enough people with remote connections wanting to do things on the internet, uh, other than maybe consume a little bit of content and, and, you know, get some information. So things like Yahoo search did really well. Alta Vista search, you know, those, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get some, I'm trying to do some research, right. Or things like your thing where people would go and they'd watch some TV show, or they get some content or something that they that they liked. But even then, people weren't like they are today, walking around with supercomputers in their pocket, you know, on their screens, eighteen hours a day. So the the audience was pretty limited. So dot com started to be a bad thing. People who had gone public lost a lot of money. People who had invested in companies lost a lot of money. A lot of people shut stuff down. I had a couple of friends, uh, folks who I had gotten real friendly with, um, who the venture capitalists fired them and took over the company. Uh, then they promptly failed like three months later. They were just trying to save something out of their yeah. dot-com investment. Yeah. Um, and so me being the intrepid entrepreneur that I was, I was like, oh, well, that sucks. I got to figure out something else to do. Jeez, her. Um, but then I, I, I pivoted to helping small businesses get, get online for the first time. If it wasn't going to work for these big dot-com investment things, maybe it'll work for for small guys. So like a local gift basket maker in New York, who his, his uh, customers were all like Wall Street investment houses and banks and whatnot. Those guys all had computers. He could make a website. He could take orders. We helped him set up the order processing, you know, digitally so that you could know when your basket was, was with a courier heading down toward Wall Street, right. Or being delivered to a yeah. customer. Um, uh, transmission parts guy. Um, because you remember back in the day, if I had a million parts, which if you think of transmission parts, there's all these little springs and valves and tiny little parts and transmissions, right? The guy's got a million parts. How do you figure it out? Well, they had big, thick books, right? That you just flip page after page after page to try to find the one you wanted. Well, we started putting that online, but we didn't have, you know, like computers couldn't process that back in the day. Yeah. Right. So it was, it was like, we were trying to figure out how do you have, you know, a, a, a two or three or four million record database that actually you can access and you can search quickly because that was at that point, 2001, 
that that happened in big computer room computer rooms right with big mainframe computers that's how those those businesses work now we're trying to put it on somebody's you know home pc like how do you possibly do that the funny thing was though i had i had one customer who we wouldn't let him near the server um, because every time he got near the server the server died <laughs> so <laughs> you're trying to deal with with the people stuff and the technology stuff you know all together it was kind of crazy um but yeah 2000 by 2004 uh that had started to become a more mainstream thing. Like the internet had started to be a thing that people did. And uh, I ended up going to work for my biggest customer at that point. So I, I I had been, I had a good run. I thought I was right at the right time, but then by the time the right time got there, I realized I just, I'm a one man shop. I am not equipped to do this. I'm just gonna go to work for my customer. That's That's a much easier <laughs> way to do it. So yeah, I was four years ahead of my time. And rather than using that time well, I just ran around trying to trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, but but the, the, the thing is with all of these ideas, right? Especially if you if you're in the technology, in a general technology environment, right? Mm -hmm. It's there's so much luck involved in in making it, right? Yeah. You have to be at the right time, meeting the right people, and it all has to come together, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's just amazing and shockingly. I I joked with my wife that we would create business cards um, that would start with almost almost a entrepreneur, <laughs> almost a <laughs> artist, almost a TV host, almost yeah. a Right, because it's like it gotten this close to really making it in, <laughs> and then just have a list there because it happens. And if you're, I mean, for the fun of it, it, it shows that one has good ideas, right? Yeah. And it's always at the forefront of doing things. And then on the other side, it's I had I had a men mentor. He told me. Hey, you don't have to always be right. Just try to be more right than you're wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, if failure becomes a habit, like if you're failing too harshly, it's um, it's bad for the mood, right? It's bad yeah. for the spirit. But overall, only years later, after I decided in end of no mid 2007 that I would become a grown up not do youth marketing anymore, not do music <laughs> television anymore, which I had done on and off for 15 or so years at that point, mm -hmm. running around in shorts, t-shirts, and well, technically I'm back there now working in software. <laughs> and um, so just a year plus later with a buddy of mine um, that I had met in the meantime and um we founded a company for to market patent, market and develop patents in Got alternative that. energies. You already know where that is going, right? Um, so, but that's very different from music videos, right? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's a tiny, tiny change, tiny change. Tiny, tiny change. And I did a, a couple other things before in this year and a half. I did a lot of M&A and... Um, Developed companies, and eventually I was like, "No, I'm I'm not good working for other people." 
yeah. I have to do my own stuff. So I did that. Um, and then the we created a concept. And obviously, we didn't do all the research and whatever. <laughs> we created a concept. And in itself, it was fantastic, right? We, yeah. we would go out, acquire these patents from, from people. Right. Had them, and that's close to all the M&A and the marketing and the interim management that I've done. Mm-hmm. Create a business plan for them, come up with a neat idea, find partners that would market them and whatever. And we decided, hey, if you just had like 10, 15 million, that would allow us to have the first couple of patents <laughs> and bring them to a prototype, yeah. right? Or let's at least a better version of whatever it could be, right? Or yeah, yeah. early alpha or whatever. And um, so we did that, right? Wrote a concept, created a company, founded a company, everything fine, talked to people, had a lot of patent holders there because somehow weird people, crazy people, <laughs> see the pattern there? Yep. I seemed to get along with them. And same with my partner in crime. And then... We decided, hey, we need funding. So we went out, yeah, went out and did funding. And then it so happened that there's two other, there was two other big companies in Germany that did that. Huge funds. The one was loaded with 200 million, the other was loaded with two, three, 50 million, whatever. And within two weeks of us reaching out to investors, they went belly up. Both of them broke, totally flatlined. And funny enough, investors stopped talking to us. <laughs> They're like, so what are you doing better than these 500, 1,000 staff people, company um, that have all that capital? What are you doing better than them? Obviously, when we said, told them that, yeah, with those patents, I wouldn't. There was one of the companies that bought all patents for Mercedes-Benz. So not just Mercedes-Benz themselves didn't even care for those patents anymore. <laughs> they were happy to get rid of them, right? Yeah. But investors didn't listen. And very likely, we didn't find the right words and didn't have quite have the right um, flair about us. Yeah. So it almost didn't work at all. But then... I found one of those patent holders, speaking of right time at the wrong place, uh, one of those patent holders, he had a lot of money already, right? And he was like, yeah, you could market this and you can have my patent and blah, blah, blah. So I psyoped him into, instead of us giving him money, he investing in our company. (laughs) He was this close to signing yeah. when he got a diagnosis of, yeah, his time on earth was limited. And he was like, yeah. hey, Maurice, I really like you. And I think what you guys are doing is great. But I'm going to get my wife. We're going to get in a boat. And we're going to stay there until she comes back. <laughs> right? And they yeah. sailed around. Yeah the globe for another nine months and then she came back right nice and um so timing <laughs> <laughs> timing didn't work out so yeah. you know 
Right place, And then eventually time. my wife got an offer that we couldn't refuse to go to New York. And that's all she wrote. There you go. Yeah. Nice. But can you imagine if that had worked? I <laughs> The riches we would be swimming in, I would be Scrooge McDuck all over again, right? Yeah. Because alternative energy is just a tiny, tiny little business. Nobody ever pays attention to alternative energy sources. Yeah. Exactly. Mega massive business. Yeah. And um, we really got deep into some of those patents. And we had one guy um that did alternative light patterns he had like a plasma light mm -hmm. way before there was led and anything like that it was super efficient but he was a crazy person right <laughs> we were at um, a huge bulb company in in germany and they were ready to sign they already had scientists nda they had already signed a letter of intent and they came to the point, hey, before we sign the final contract, and I was lying there. Yeah, yeah. What is it that you do? How do you do it? How is this plasma light? How does that work? And that guy got up and left the room and never returned. <laughs> that was an eight-digit contract that was lying there <laughs> with a guarantee for him to be... To, for him and all of his partners and everybody to be employed as at very lucrative salaries yeah. beyond the number itself. And they even agreed to weird stuff that they wouldn't put it in a drawer and never touch it again and whatever. All yeah. those weird clauses that they came up with. And I tell you, inventors, they come up with a lot of crazy ideas of how to protect their product right i don't want my invention to die i must let's protect it here yeah 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 and he just got up and left he didn't say nothing he just got out walked to his car and drove off <laughs> and my partner and i we were sitting there like <laughs> what happened and i'm talking the entire sea level yeah, and yeah. board of directors sitting there looking at us like we are out of style, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, hey. <laughs> uh, that was a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> can you just sign the contract now quickly? Just, can we just, uh, no? No, yeah. we can't. Okay. Surprisingly, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And uh, yeah. So that was in 2000, uh, late 2008. Yeah. Let me let me give you another one, because right. this is one this is one I worked on a couple of years ago now. Um, twenty, it was it was like during COVID, twenty like right before and then during the beginning of COVID. Um, I was I was working with a couple of local guys about an idea to sort of automate the hiring uh, communication process. Mm -hmm. Right, build an app, uh, build a platform that that automated the the process of, of communication during hiring. One of the problems with hiring is that the company doesn't get back to the candidate. The candidate goes on looks for something else, and the job market was getting, well, when COVID hit, it went in the toilet for a minute. But 
the job market was hot before COVID. And then even during COVID started coming back, it was very hot. It was like hiring people was a, was a big, difficult thing to do. So getting a quick response, letting people understand and see that, hey, yes, I am interested in hiring you, or at least to see, no, I'm not interested in talking and, and sort of cross yeah. it off the list, make it a little more transparent, make it a little faster. And we spent months specking out the system, writing up the plans, talking to potential customers, figuring out how things were going to work, um, doing all of this, right? And again, talk about right place, wrong time. Um, we're like, all right, okay, we've got everything together. We got all this good information. All right, well, let, let's go and start talking to people about maybe investing and giving us some seed funding and and, and we're going to go, right? And literally the day we had that discussion, a company announced getting funded for $10 million, building the same thing. And we're like, okay, all right, okay. Well, those guys just got some money. This means it's a good idea. We can still go talk to people. And the next week, somebody else got like $2.5 million for the same idea. And the next week after that, somebody else got like $3 million for the same. And we're like, okay, we give up. <laughs> we're we're like, we're, these guys all have prototypes in the market. They're getting funded because they have some customers on their platform. Um, none of them have really hit it out of the park yet. Um, but it was just one of those, like, this is a great idea. This is, we, we could really make some money at this. And then everybody else made all the money. <laughs> so. The question that I have is, do you stick to it in spite of that? Or do you stick to it because of it? Um, I, I mentor, uh, entrepreneurs for fun. Um, yeah. I, I really quite enjoy it. Um, especially like young startup entrepreneurs in, in the tech space, um, in, in tech accelerators and stuff. Um, and some of those folks are working on ideas that other people get funded for and they stick to it. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to build this because I believe in it. And because other people are doing it and, and that means somebody's going to get it right. Maybe yeah. we're going to get it right. I have enough gray hair now that I was like, yeah, I'm not just not, I'm not going to chase that. <laughs> I was 20 years younger. I probably would have said, yeah, let's go. Let's chase it. But um, at this point in my life, I, but I think, I think there is something to be said to say, well, yeah, there's, there's two or three other people or five other people in the marketplace. They're getting funded. That means investors think this is a valid thing. Customers think this is a valid thing. Somebody's going to get it right. And, and there's also the, the exit plan that I think some people have, which is if I get it right enough and I build some functions that other people don't have, they'll come and buy me to integrate me into their product. And I don't really have to actually succeed all the way. I have to succeed enough to make yeah. somebody else you know, yeah. want to buy me or whatever. So um, the, the way though, the economy has turned now in the last uh, six months or so to, to where the investment yeah, markets have have not totally dried up. I got a lot tighter. Um, it would have been it would have been hard to make that thing really work well through COVID. Um, but I'm still. It, it led me to talk to some people in the workforce management space, um, and so so a couple of the the entrepreneurs that I'm mentoring now are in that same kind of space, not doing exactly the same thing that we were talking about. But it, it introduced me to a whole new like market and a bunch of people and, and accelerators and all kind of stuff that are super interesting. Just yeah. don't, they don't put any money in the bank, but it's nice to give back, right? It's nice to help people 
to, to kind of succeed. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing while we were both working at the same company. Yes, <laughs> um, I've been doing that too at the side, just consulting other guys, living yep. out their dreams and helping them getting started and do whatever. Enough so that I eventually moving back to Germany, I was like, okay, I'm done. I need to go back to a small company again and burn that <laughs> midnight oil again. Yeah. The um, being off at time and really, because for the time there, I was doing the nine to five and that that usually doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a little nuts, crazy hours. Yep. And it has to be fueled by some fire that burns. If that is gone, then time for me to leave so yeah yeah and hey here we are and starting up a podcast right which is really <laughs> not a rare thing to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah hardly anybody has any podcasts these days so yeah nobody completely unique does prince harry have a podcast yet <laughs> he i don't know he's working on what he's got to be <laughs> gotta be something right i don't know yeah i, I actually uh I, I talked earlier today to to our, our guest on episode two, uh, Jeff Bajoric. And one of his questions was, was, what do you guys hope to get out of this podcast? So I know what I told Jeff. What would, what would you tell our audience? What's, what's one thing that you want to achieve out of this podcast or two things that you want to achieve out of this podcast? Two things? Wow. Yeah. I know it's a surprise question, so. Yeah, I know. Coming out of left field here. My baseboard <laughs> reference, I think. Uh, left center field, maybe. Left center field, yeah. <laughs> you know that I stopped playing baseball because I was bored while playing it. I just left in the middle of a game. I was like, I'm not done. I'm done with this. <laughs> when I when I moved to Louisville, they actually make Louisville sluggers for the Major League Baseball players downtown here. And that was one of the first things I did touristy when I moved to town was I went to see the Louisville Slugger Museum. But I've been to maybe a half a dozen baseball games in the last 20 years. So yeah, base, baseball references is about as far as I get. Not not baseball playing or or watching very much. Yeah, yeah. I've been to one game, Yankees against Toronto, and when the food ran out, we left. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the seventh inning or inning or so, sixth or seventh inning, and uh, yeah, they ran out of dirt water dogs, and you had to whatever. Go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they ran out of the dirt water hot dogs, and you had to go. No, we had a we had a huge bucket, like a, a big bottle of Coke in the middle, yeah. French fries around it, and then a ton of sliders. I mean, it was really nice, huge. It took us six innings to finish it with five people, <laughs> <laughs> and you see me, eat. yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so why are we doing this podcast? Uh, from my perspective, well, one of it is fun, right? Yeah. I just like talking to people. That was one of my answers to Jeff too. So we have fun doing it. It's, um, it's fun, right? Being out there doing this. And don't forget, I've done interviews for 15, 16 years. So having a mic in my face and talk to people and listening to what they have to say is kind of it's not half my life. Not for a long shot <laughs> anymore, but it's been a big part of my life. <laughs> yeah. That is that is where I where I think that if you can help some people to have a bit of a stage and tell their story, 
and have fun while doing so, mm. I'm super happy. That's that's all we need, right? Yeah. And my my second answer to to Jeff was was sort of the flip side of that is if we can help some of the listeners to see some somebody taking some risks and getting out there and doing some stuff and we can encourage them to to do the same. Yeah. I, I like it. if we can help some folks have a little bit of exposure to what they're doing and we can help some other people say, yeah, that's a cool thing. I want to go do something of my own. Yeah. I think it's a win, right? So absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, did we end up on a, on a high note that is not crazy at all? Yeah. Like a, that's uncrazy. Wow. I know. <laughs> that was aspirational, inspirational. That was all of the yeah. above. Fantastic. Like dramatic music and eagles yeah. flying by and things. Now we need to have the, what's his name? Mitch Buchanan look and look over, over the sea from his watchtower and. <laughs> <laughs> The hair flapping. I know the hair yeah. flapping is not happening for me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither one of us have hair flying in the wind. No. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna happen. All right. This is this is good stuff, brother. I appreciate it's it. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very curious who the next four people will be um, that we pull in front of the microphone uh, for episode six through nine. Uh, before it's the two of us again with episode 10 right yeah oh yeah yeah and this is um our first episode just the two of us just you know brainstorming and chatting about uh, topics and things that happened to us and lessons learned because of it and um stay tuned more to come more to come all right take care take it easy guys. Bye -bye.